0: Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. And in our first half hour, we're going to talk about the longevity market meaning that so many of us baby boomers are here and here to stay, and we have a huge segment of the population, and we're going to talk to our guest about that. Susan Donnelly is the founder of Strya. It's a media platform for the longevity market, and it provides information and experiences and content that inspire cross-sector solutions for our aging society. Susan is dedicated to improving the lives of older people through a powerful media and communications presence, and she, served, and she served as the publisher and managed director of Next Avenue, which is public media's first and only national service for America's booming older population. We're going to talk about the longevity market today, about ageism, about what's hot, what's going on, what will society look at in the next 15 or 20 years. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, great. All right, so tell us what STRIA is, the name, okay. and also what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Stria is
2: trade media for people who work in the longevity market. So, as you mentioned um, in my introduction, I was previously the publisher of PBS's Next Avenue, which is digital media and journalism for consumers who are over 50. And while I was in that role, I had the great opportunity to meet with so many of the leaders um, working in the space, and it became clear to me that the field itself was unable to meet all of the challenges that we were facing because we were fragmented, and there really was no central place for ideas and people and leaders to connect, so I founded Stria Um, As a media platform to serve that role, bringing professionals together and helping to um, elevate new ideas so that we can do a better job building our industry and really serving older folks.
1: Mm. So would this publication be for industry professionals or could the consumer read it as well? So we're for and
2: about industry professionals, um, and we define that very broadly. So if your work touches the lives of older people and addresses opportunities and challenges of aging, you're in the longevity market. Um, That said, Strya does cover a lot of things that that we found to be of interest of people who don't work in the field, but who are thinking about aging in our society and thinking about the products and services um, that that are needed and that are coming to the market.
1: And now when you were at Next Avenue, it grew to over 45 million people. So that's amazing. How many people do you think you're reaching indirectly and directly through this publication?
2: Yeah, so we were so proud um, that Next Avenue was able to reach so many folks um, during, I was there for about five years, and um, it's, there's such a critical need for consumer media that speaks authentically about aging and addresses things that are sometimes hard to talk about, like end-of-life issues or um, you know, personal financial crises. There's some tricky stuff um, that, that comes with aging. And um, Next Avenue really wanted to be a place, and, and still is, um, a place where consumers can find information that's for um, and about them, um, and so we were thrilled that, um, that, w- that we were able to build such a big footprint. Strya, on the other hand, um, is a smaller universe, um, but so far, we launched, we're about nine months old now, so we're still brand new, mm. but we've reached 20,000 professionals in the field wow,
1: so far, Wonderful, and we're, we're growing fast. Yeah, that's all over the country, or all over the world. Um, so we're primarily focused on on the
2: u s market, so most of our readership is here. But we get a few folks, particularly when you're talking about something like ageism, which happens everywhere in the world. Um, you know, some of our content does resonate overseas.
1: And that's something I did want to talk to you about because I know that that's something we have to look at in this whole part of longevity is the ageism, you know, where, and I'm going to have on the program, I believe next week, Chip Conley, who wrote about modern elders. Yeah. And he's amazing. And he talks about, you know, something that I've really been thinking about is I'm an older adult and my career is like someone 20 years younger. I'm not stopping. I'm not moving down. I'm not retiring. I'm going up. I'm waiting for the next wave, and people my age don't typically do that. So right now, I'm in the minority, but Susan, in 20 years, I won't be because there'll be such a big wave of us. So I'd like you to address that.
2: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you are a bit on the leading edge. Right. um, Always
1: have been. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But in the same way that um, millennials and younger generations are, you know, thinking about how to make a living in the gig economy and how um, to, you know, really what the shape of work looks like today, Um, boomers and older people are doing the same thing.
1: Um,
2: So I think you're right that there will be more and more folks who are, um, doing sort of nontraditional work, and and frankly, nontraditional, a lot of things. The places yeah. where we live, the communities yeah. that we structure, yeah. um, how we make our money, everything is a is a little bit up for grabs. Um, and I think that what we're going to find is that what our culture and society need, and what we as individuals need, are a really broad range of options. Because what, what yeah. works for one person, you know, doesn't work for someone
1: else. Yeah, and I think also you're going to find a lot of the intergenerational, where the boomers and the millennials will work together. We're seeing that now, and that's and that's very strong.
2: Yeah, I, I hope that you're right. Something that is um, sort of a, a trending issue in the longevity mark in the field of aging um, are intergenerational programs and intergenerational um, spaces and living opportunities. We've really grown as a society um, from what used to be really age-integrated into really an age-segregated culture. You know, we sort of put older folks Yes, away into yeah. seniors' housing, or they're segregated, um, and and that's a detriment not just to older people, which it certainly is, but to all of us—little um, mm-hmm. kids, you know, yeah. sort of millennial young adults, um, you know, everyone. It it's really holds our culture back as a as a as a whole.
1: Because there's so much we can teach each other.
2: Exactly. There's so much we can teach each other. And it also brings different kinds of engagement to different folks. So if you're an older person and you have, you know, lots to offer, but you're alone um, or only with your peers, there's a, a limited opportunity to share that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Plus something here, is
2: more fun in an integrated world. You know, yes, it is. You don't want to live somewhere where you never hear kids giggling on the playground or somewhere where you never hear grown-ups having a real conversation.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's an article here in Strya. Many longevity professionals work in age-friendly bubbles, but if you think age doesn't does affect your business, think again. And so you have articles here in Strya uh, that... It says ageism articles to read first that show you about this pervasive and discrimination that's very much ingrained in our culture. So I do, you know, this program is very positive in its nature, but I'd like you to talk about what you see and your hope for the change of ageism. Big order, Susan.
2: (laughs) Oh, just that. I'll handle it. Okay. Um, So I think that the thing that I was really astonished by when I started working in this space is how really pervasive ageism is. And it's one of those things where once you think about it and you realize that it's something that exists, you see it everywhere. And from a professional standpoint, ageism plays a role in so many things with how we develop products for older people, how we develop um, homes for other people and services, even the way that we market to and communicate with older people um, can really be colored by negative stereotypes um, or just plain old misunderstanding about what it means to grow older. I'll give you an example. We have a story um, on Stry as well. About the difference between frailty and age. And I think that so many of us think, well, they're old, so, you know, they're fragile and sleepy Mm -hmm. and you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. When in fact, frailty is a, is a, it's a, it's a condition that is defined, um, you know, by medical professionals, and not everyone who's old, uh, you frail, know, whatever right. number, is frail, exactly. And, you know, maybe very late in life or end-of-life stages, you have um, some symptoms of frailty, but, you know, we're just, it's not true anymore, if it ever was, that, you know, you turn 65 and suddenly, you know, you need to just have your cane and your rocking chair, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. which so many of us, I mean, if you live in the world, you know that. But somehow those ideas they just are still there
1: yeah what do you see in the next 20 years i mean because you're you're getting articles from professionals all the time if you had a crystal ball do you see more communities for older adults that look more like country clubs with people being active do you see bigger signs do you see you know uh bigger aisles or more space for people to walk what what are you feeling in the next 15 20 years
2: yeah, well, I wish I knew. Um, but one of the things that I find so exciting about being in this field right now, which is, it's really new. We've had people thinking about aging for a long time, but um, the the sort of market opportunity, which ARP has estimated at seven point eight trillion, um, mm. is really only. Sort of starting to coalesce mm-hmm. now, um, so we're really in early stages. Um, so it's exciting to me that there is no one destination yet. It's it's sort of we're all defining it together, both those of us who work in the field um, and those of us who are you know aging ourselves in life. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, so that said, some things that I think um, are sort of especially interesting to think about um, is the role of technology in aging. Mm -hmm. You know, we've sort of had a, a little period of time where a lot of tech in aging has been, you know, sort of sensors, I fall in and I can't get up kind of things, yeah, um, or or apps for caregiving, mm-hmm. and it's all been a little bit—I um, don't know—unsatisfactory mm-hmm. to both the the businesses and the customers. We haven't really found our sweet spot in how do we really make technology work. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and that's going to become a-
1: increasingly important. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in our second segment because I'm doing a actually I'm doing a PBS pilot here locally in Rhode Island on uh, positive aging, and we're doing a whole segment on technology and seniors. So I want to talk more about that when we come back. We're talking to Susan Donnelly, and she's the founder of Strya which is a media platform for the longevity market, which gives information and experiences and content that inspires cross-sector solutions for our aging society. And it's a professional's magazine for industry professionals to help, uh, really, with the longevity market. So we'll be right back uh, with Susan in a minute. And uh, you can log on to StriaNews.com to see what they're doing, S-T-R-I-A news.com. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio.
2: VoiceAmerica.com.
0: psych up live is heard every thursday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel we'll turn up your perspective on life have you found the beauty inside of you join bonnie bonadeo each week for beauty inside and out we'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives our guests are makeup artists hairdressers and doctors but we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to beauty inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: What's your coffee story?
0: Hi, everyone, and we are
1: back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and we're talking to Susan Donnelly about the longevity market. She's the founder of Strya, a media platform for the longevity market, which gives information and content that really helps us with solutions for our aging society. And welcome back, Susan.
2: Thank you. Great to be back.
1: Yeah, we're talking about technology and seniors, and I was saying how I'm doing a a pilot program for the Rhode Island Public Television called Positive Aging, and we actually have filmed one segment on technology, which is all about putting sensors in clothing and shoes so that it helps you with gait, it helps you if you're going to fall. It kind of gives you like a roadmap, almost like having an Apple Watch that gives you statistics and gives you some information. And so I thought that was particularly for people in the future who may have uh, surgical operations on knees and hips? If you had something like this in your clothing, then it's going to give you some warning signals. So I think those things are promising.
2: Yeah, there are so much interesting techn- applications of technology that are coming onto the market. Um, in fact, we just wrapped up CES, um, which is a huge tech conference, um, as many people know, and there was increased presence about um, f- from aging for aging products and technologies. ARP um, had a big presence, and it's it's a really fascinating area with tons of opportunity. Um, we did a survey at Next Avenue, it's a couple of years old now, um, but an, uh, the majority of our readers expect that technology will help them with their aging, um, but most of them didn't know how, and I think that's because we as a right. field really don't know how yet.
1: Well, but, and I think if we can become more technology-friendly, as we get older, it will help us. Um, and that's yeah something absolutely that I think the
2: idea of including the customer in design of technology products right. um, even from the very very beginning um, is something that we're talking a lot about in the field and there's just been so many businesses who have have tried to develop a product without including the older person um, right. in the design and development process and you know, it, it's al- it's a nice thing to do, but it also makes your product work. Those companies almost inevitably fail because if the product doesn't work, the customer is never going to buy it.
1: Right. And part of that is making it friendly enough, easy enough. You know, the button's exactly. easy enough or the button's bigger What's enough. What's
2: intuitive? Yeah. What's intuitive to... You know, a 20-year-old today is is just not intuitive to an 80-year-old today, and there are different concerns about privacy and safety. Um, you know, in today's um, demographic moment, there is a real digital divide, and it's not so much about who's good at tech and who's not. Um, but if you think about an 80-year-old today, you know, there there was, you know, they've, They've been around for the introduction of the radio. That's and right. And now we have Apple Watches. And that's an right. enormous leap. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's not all sort of second nature.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things that's here in Strya that I'd like to talk about um, is your piece on disrupting aging. <clears throat> Excuse me. Disrupting Ageism, that you have, there's something called Healthy People 2030, which offers a chance to influence how we serve older people. Talk about, talk about Healthy People 2030.
2: Yeah, so that is um, um, a national, a federal government um, initiative, which has been sort of def- putting um, parameters around or defining the... Um, The healthcare agenda for the government, and uh, for for decades now, but we're up um, right now to set the agenda for the next, the coming ten years, and of course, um, sort of issues around health and aging are huge, and they're going to be um, even even more important in the coming years when you think about. reimbursement programs, Medicare, Medicaid, social security issues. I mean, we've got a ton going on in the government, um, particularly when it comes to health. Um, so the uh, that story lets folks who work in the field and who have sort of an informed opinion know that um, right now, I, I can't remember the, when the comment period closes, but right now is the moment when the government takes comments um, from From people out in the world to say, you know this is how you should adjust those priorities so that they 're working for um, the constituencies that we care about most
1: mm-hmm. and I think that 's strong in government now don 't you and And we have so many we have a lot of elder states people in government I mean a lot of people who are movers and shakers are older we have younger yeah. but we have a lot of older yeah it's interesting we
2: um there is a lot of advocacy um, happening with professionals who work in our field because so much of what um, the services and programs that support older people right now are um, part of part of government um, at, at whatever level, federal, state, or local. Yep. Um, but it's an interesting dichotomy because the people who legislate, who are in control of the government, despite their own age, they're still bringing some of those um, ageist stereotypes along with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we also, you know, aging today is really, I I sort of think of it as a tale of two stories of aging. Um, Some folks, are doing great and are thriving. You know, you think about that sort of picture of a boomer, you know, kicking back and enjoying, you know, their grandkids and the sunshine. Um, And that is happening, which is great. But at the same time, there are hidden populations of folks who are figuratively hidden um, and also literally hidden in their apartments and homes affordable housing is an incredibly um, important problem right now mm-hmm. for older folks. And if you can't afford to move into congregate living and get help, but you can't afford to move out of your apartment, um, you're stuck. And aging services folks have a hard time finding those people. They tend to not have access to technologies where they could find additional help. Um, so I think that, despite the chronological age that you know we sort of typically think of for um for policy makers um there's a there's a cultural divide that um that is still a little bit hidden and so we've got mm-hmm. advocates working hard to make yes. sure that um particularly with the new congress there's a lot of optimism yes. um that the diversity yeah. Yeah. of of all yeah. kinds in Ooh. the new house um, yeah. bring new opportunities for aging advocates.
1: Susan, what got you into this? I mean, you're not a senior and you're not a millennial, so you're in the middle somewhere. What? Where's your interest?
2: You know, I have spent my entire career working in nonprofits and public media, and I never really had a specialty area. You know, it's sort of if you were doing something good in the world, I would help you um, market it. And I was so fortunate to have um, had the opportunity to get involved in what became Next Avenue, part of PBS, um, where I began my career. My old boss called me and said, we're doing this thing, and I need your help. And it really um, opened up to me this whole field, and I have become so passionate about it. Um, I I intend to work in this area for, for my the rest of the time, I'm working, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know the thing that is so resonant for me is that aging is really about living. Yes, it's not only about decline and death. Right. And, it's about living you know, well. up, Le- learning exactly. how to live
1: well as you get older. I think that's what and, it is.
0: How yeah. to adapt and, that and live well.
2: Different for everyone, and mm-hmm. it means different things to everyone. Right. And um, I just, I am, I find it incredibly inspiring that we as a field have the opportunity to improve life for so many people in so many ways.
1: I think that's so important. So if someone listening to this is very interested, I know that your publication is for the professional, but the consumer could still read it, look at it, gather ideas, see what's going on in the field, yes? Yes yeah absolutely we're at strianews.com
2: as you said and um, we are a subscription based service um, so folks who work in the field pay us to look at our content but you can look at several free stories um, every month and you can sign up for our newsletter for free uh, so you know I would love if your readers would uh, check us out there's there's yeah. so much to learn and I find it you know endlessly interesting mm-hmm. and so if if you're listening to this program, you're probably thinking about aging issues. Um, so, you know, it might be interesting. They'll peek behind the curtain and find out what we're doing exactly. over here.
1: Well, and you also said, you know, you are in that field if you are working with seniors. You, you may not think of yourself as a longevity person, but if you're working with a senior, then you are in this field. Yeah, absolutely. We define
2: the, the market from a person-centered perspective, So the life stage priorities of people fifty plus are at sort of the the hub and you know that can be everything from community life to housing to money to health, caregiving, purpose, spirituality, all of the priorities that define life for people over fifty, if your work touches one of
1: those areas, you're in it. All righty. And thank you so much for being in it yourself, Susan. I mean it's It's so you're doing wonderful things. Thank you. Susan Donnelly, publisher of Stria. S-T-R-I-A. Go to Stryanews, S-T-R-I-A-news.com. Check it out. Um, It was just great to have you on the program. Thank you so much. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this first portion of the Patricia Raskett Show. We have another interview coming up right away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.